My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Golf gang, today's fairway roll and brought to you as always by our great pals at Callaway Golf, makers of the Apex 19 irons, the number one irons in golf on the golf Digest hot list, a gold medal winner. Golf Digest put the previous iteration of Apex on the Mount Rushmore of irons. And this iron, they say, is an entirely worthy follow-up. The body forged from soft steel carbon and cup face where the face wraps around the sole and top line, extends to the eight iron. The pitching and gap wedges have beautiful shape and feel there is no surprise that apex the apex 19 irons are the number one irons in golf golf gang this episode of fairway rolling also brought to you by destination kohler in kohler wisconsin home of whistling straights and black wolf run golf digest ranked all four of the kohler courses in the top 100 of America's public courses. Kohler is home to the 2020 Ryder Cup. Whistling Straits is going to be the venue, and it's one of Pete Dye's most intimidating par threes. I love where it shows up in the routing. Number 17, pinched nerve. Gather your birdie buddies for the ultimate tournament-style summer golf experience. Get rolling to DestinationKohler.com to book your package today. That's DestinationKohler.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to this golf podcast unlike any other. Oh, yeah, here we go. We are back, my birdie buddies. It is time for some fairway roll. This is... 
the golf podcast on the ringer podcast network i am your starter joe house two terrific guests rounding out this week it's a threesome my birdie buddies we have joining us making his debut appearance on fairway rolling tour None other than Kevin Clark, the Ringer's own. Clark is one of the Ringer's resident NFL experts. You enjoy him all year long as he covers the NFL. He also happens to be an occasional basketball writer. He did a nice deep dive on Stan Van Gundy and the 2009 Orlando Magic a couple weeks ago. But he's a deep, deep golf head, and we've been threatening to have him on the show all year long. We're lucky enough to have him join us to, to give us his thoughts on the season to date and a possible selection for a winner in the upcoming Open Championship. And of course, Schusty is on. Megan Schuster joins us for a little bit of golf social to catch you up on the things that have been happening on the internet over the past two weeks or so. My birdie buddies, I'm looking out. The first tee appears to be open. Why don't we walk over there and let out a little shaft? All right, my par-saving pals, we're back on the tee right now. And I'm just going to break it down for you. You know, we try and, and customize our on-the-tee announcements as we have these great players, these great guests in front of us. We are officially staring at the Open Championship, a.k.a. the British Open, which means none other than Ivor Robeson's intonation, his famous way of describing players, must be used here on Fairway Roll. And so now, now on the tee, Kevin Clark. What am I supposed to say to that? Thank that was, you. Thank that, you for having me. That wasn't one of my best. KC, we've been jonesing to have you all season long. We talked about it at the very uh, inception of this golf podcast yep. that you are a deep golf head within the so, ringer universe here. And you've been footballing. I've been footballing. We just did a basketball podcast a couple hours ago. Yeah. But my true passion is losing money on betting John Rom. <laughs> That's my true passion. Well, this is why you and I get along so well. Yeah. This is yeah. part of our, our commiseration is just for some reason we've gone all in like Thomas Peters. Sure. Throw some money on Thomas Peters. I that love was, that was last big, year's wasted big money. European boppers. Yeah. Let's this, roll. this year, this year, every it's now a running joke. Every major Simmons and I bet on John Rahm and Tommy Fleetwood. And we just kissed that money. Goodbye. I'm so angry. Well, I've grown angry is the wrong word, obviously. Right. Because this is, we love the guys on tour. We, we root for them. I angry. We go frustrated uh, with the talent that we see, especially out of those European players, I've grown to to be to start calling the combination of Tommy Fleetwood, Tony Finau, and Ricky Fowler. Those are my f boys. Okay, and we've been doing f boy assessments for e each of the majors. Uh, now that I have you, we're going to do a few things, Kevin Clark. We're going to talk about. We've been off for a few weeks, so we're going to update what we've seen on tour over the last handful of weeks. I want your reaction, since this is your debut performance here on Fairway Rollin', to what you've seen over the course of the season, what's been jumping out uh, at you and appealing to you. And I also want, um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to make an epic flash pick of the week. We're going to do some early picking on the Open Championship. Um, so I'll, yeah. I'll let you kind of stew on a little bit. If you have any thoughts on the F-Boys as we approach the Open Championship, I'll let you think about it. 
Well, what I was going to say just generally with the season is we're coming off a week where Matthew Wolf wins a 3M Open. And that excites me because here's a guy who is who's young. You know, I saw a tweet, DJ Pi had this, that um, that basically the the John Deere favorites are all under 22, or at least a lot of them are. And you start thinking about it. Yeah, the John Deere is not exactly Augusta. But this is, there's a lot of young talent right now. And I think that you're going to see alongside of obviously Brooks Kepka, who's who's going to run away with this thing here. I think you're going to see a lot more interesting young guys. And that's revealed itself over the course of the season. And that's really exciting to me. Well, this is, look at this. Let's just name names. The leader, the, the odds to win the John Deere Classic are Colin Morikawa. Yep. It's, it's three rookies and Joaquin Neiman. Uh, who was a rookie last year, and then right behind him is Sung Jm, another yeah. another rookie. It's Colin Morikawa and Victor, Victor Hovland yep. together at eighteen to one. Matthew Wolf at twenty two to one. Now, why is there Matthew Wolf not having the same odds as Hovland and Morikawa? Just like the chances of winning back to back tournaments as you're in your in two of your first I guess. four I mean, events. He was a sponsor's exemption last week. He yeah. joined the tour like yesterday. <laughs> yeah. We get Morikawa, Hovland, Wolf, Neiman, M, and then all the OG, Zach Johnson. That's yeah. that's how the odds roll down. That is uh, fantastic and hilarious. The crazy thing is I had Matthew Wolf. I've been enjoying him. I watched him yeah. win the individual title in the NCAAs. He's an incandescent talent. As um, the season progressed and Hovland, his outstanding performances in the majors, both the Masters and the U.S. Open, the low am, I thought he was most likely to have a win. In fact, in my one-and-done pools uh, that I participate in, a lot of folks took Hovland to win this past week at, in, in Minnesota. Wolf, this was his third event <laughs> on tour, and I think he'd missed the cut at the two previous. So uh, all the talent in the world, not a surprise that he had uh, a win in him, but he has immediately put himself in incredibly rarefied air. He's now one of seven players to have won on tour under the age of, of 21. The six guys who did it before him have all won at least three majors. It's an incredible list. That's always, you know, that's the tip of the hat to my boy, Justin Ray. That's a Justin go. Ray stat right there, of course. Between um, that, between Wolf's win and the Women's World Cup, I'm now accepting that athletes born in the late 90s are just here and professional and winning things. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't been okay with it, but is now. A, is this a segment on, on old guy radio? On old guy radio. Oh, okay. Just, he was born in 1999. He's just going to keep winning on the tour. <laughs> We're all just going to have to deal with it. So this is, okay, so that you, you've identified this young bumper crop. Uh, you know, Morikawa, by his second place finish yeah. at the 3M, ha has now bought himself temporary status for the, the balance of the year, and I think it carries on a little bit into next year. I think he still has to do some kind of qualifying. But um, the, 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 one of these themes is this super, super young bumper crop. What else have you seen in the golf season this year? How would you... To define the season with what we seen. Let me ask you a question. Go ahead. When, if Brooks Kepka just flops at the next handful of majors, at what point will you stop betting on him? Because I think I've been scared straight to a point that maybe I go like the next 
five or six major, even if Brooks Kepka misses the next five cuts, yes, I'm in on Brooks Kepka semi permanently. Am yeah. I wrong about that? No, I don't think you're wrong. My number is three, just because I'm a little more risk averse and I usually have a little more exposure out there, so I can't have guys who get on a miscut train with the majors. I kept betting Sergio Garcia. I'm going to call this my Sergio Garcia rule. Okay. I kept betting on him to in 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 both miss the cut parlays and sometimes the top twenty, and he kept missing the cut. He missed the cut in like eight consecutive uh, majors yeah. <laughs> uh, of recent vintage. So that was all bye bye money. Yeah, and so I I just have to take that lesson. I mean, I have to I take I took all those L's, and at some point that has to translate into a lesson. The amazing thing about Kepka to me, I remember watching. There was this um, really interesting Jack Nicholas documentary the Golf Channel made like two years ago, and they had a lot of great non-golf athletes talking about it. I don't know if you saw it, but they had Federer talking about it. And they gave Federer a sheet of paper with all his accomplishments. I did see this. That's and right. And he said, the thing that st- stood out to Federer was not the championships, although those were those were great. It was the number of times he finished second in a major. Yeah. Which was like 39, you know, like right. a million times. Yes. And when you look at Brooks Kepka, the second place finishes are almost, just the fact that he hasn't finished beyond second this year is unbelievable to me. It, it's, the consistency there, and as someone like Federer understands how, how hard it is to finish second all the time, but that sort of consistency is unbelievable to me. And I know we talk about Kepka a lot, but I just, uh, there's there's something absolutely incredible about that and the fact that you tie, you tell that all together and number one at FedEx points right now is Matt Kuchar. Well, th- yeah, We're just but- never going to get rid of that. That's just a function of, <laughs> no, of know. you know, that that artifice that that the, and, the Matt tour, Kuchar, and Matt Kuchar and Matt Kuchar. Yeah, it says more about Kuchar than it does FedEx or uh, or or Kepka. Here's my Kepka question to you: We have in recent enough memory yeah. seen crazy hot streaks like this. Yeah, you know these incandescent, and they seem to have kind of an 18 month shelf life. Yeah, if so, Jordan Spieth's run. From 15 to about 17, the 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 uh, Open Championship that he won, uh, where he beat Matt Kuchar, yeah. was 2000 and I think it was 17. 17. Yeah. Was 17. Yeah. Uh, Jason over the titleless truck was 17. Yes, yeah. I mean incredible. Uh, Jason Day had a run of seven wins yep. that included the PGA Championship. And included some other very prestigious tournaments. Uh, Justin Rose went on a tear of, you know, wins that didn't include a major. Um, so maybe Rose doesn't fit this conversation. But we're, we, we've seen this. What, what do you think, um, if you're going to try and, and uh, assess the likelihood of Kepka falling victim to this shelf life uh, cycle, do you think it's possible? Do you? Well, it, I mean, listen. It, it, I know that this sounds simplistic, but it depends on the other players. I mean, one of the things, and let's not besmirch the good name of, of Prime Tiger Woods, but it's not like he had a murderer's row finishing second and third every single time. He had certainly some very worthy adversaries, where that was Ernie Els, VJ, whatever. But then he had some Bob Mays, um, and I think that if Kepka. if if the young guns, like we, like we just mentioned, if they're who we think they are. That could be a real immediate threat to him if the F boys uh, start getting to their potential, meeting their potential, meeting their potential. That that's a real threat to him. And so I think Kepka 
is going to be in contention for the foreseeable future. Whether or not it's the one and two thing we've seen for the next three majors, that I, I, there are so many unknowns about the group right behind him that it's really hard to say. Well, who do you have in that group right behind him? Who's your guys right behind him? Well, I mean, I would say Rory would be okay. right behind him. Um, if you're looking at just just the entire group, um, you know, Rory would be one of those people. Um, I would say that John Rahm certainly has the potential mm. to do it. Um, Dustin Johnson. Okay. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have Rory in there because Rory really hasn't contended for a major. His best major showing so far um, was the Open, the U.S. Open. Yeah. At, at Pebble, and he was, you know, after coming off that performance in Canada where he j- he did the Rory thing, was like, oh, my God, and immediately got put, pushed himself all the way down to, like, insane odds to win the U.S. Open. So the British Open odds right now, Kepka and Rory are both 8-1, to one. Mm-hmm. and obviously the, some of that is just the links part of it and the fact that it's a poor rush. Then DJ, Rom, Woods, Rose, Molinari, Fowler. Who of that group do you think is the biggest threat to Kepka? In ge- just in general, um, me personally, I think it's DJ. Yeah, but the problem that I have is he keeps doing dumb things, and I've been critical of the the basically the composition of his team because I feel like they're reaching crucial decision making moments. And it feels to me like they're missing a process. It isn't that his team is in his maybe his caddy. For that's instance. one of the yes. that's one of the members of the team. But he also recently stopped doing uh, uh, you know swing instruction with Claude Harmon. He's still yeah. sending videotape to Butch Harmon. He still has in his life his college coach, and that has become his his primary coach. But he's doing things that that suggest you know he's looking for something. And he's had in his within his grasp at uh, each of the first three majors an opportunity. He ha- he could have won the Masters. He could have won the PGA Championship, and he was he had a chance to like at least make some noise at the U.S. Open and at both the PGA Championship and the U.S. Open. He did something really really stupid. Uh, and 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 basically snatched defeat from the from the jaws of victory. Now I don't begrudge him, you know, on on sixteen at the PGA Championship, misreading the the wind and hitting the ball over the green, and his chip onto the green was perfectly competent. They misread the putt, and that I can't forgive. You know, there's an amazing book by Bill Walsh called "The Score Takes Care of Itself," and in it he talks about the concept of clutch and rising to the occasion and all the things that someone like Joe Montana or Bill Walsh were were branded with, right? Mm. And the point he makes over and over again, and it's something I think about with Brooks Kepka all the time, is there's no such thing as clutch. There's no such thing as being better than everybody else when they're when when the heat is on. What clutch is is being exactly the same when everybody else starts losing their heads and executing as if it were a Tuesday and you're just playing a practice round and you're out there and you're winning the British Open or winning the U.S. Open or winning the PGA Championship. And that, to me, is what Kepka does. So you start talking about DJ making these stupid mistakes, that's Kepka. The score takes care of itself because he – maybe it's an issue of – I'm not saying he doesn't care, but it's not we, – we've been – we've seen many times that Brooks Kepka has – 
indicated that there's things he likes more than golf. Um, you know, that maybe he's just not as as maybe his hands don't shake in the same way somebody else's does when he's on the you know the seventeenth at the US Open. It is a great point. And it does it is like the distinguishing mark between him potentially winning the Masters or hitting it in the water on 12, which is yeah. what what he did. And by contradistinction, Tiger did not hit the ball on 12. Right. And Tiger let everybody on the 12th hole on Sunday of the Masters, four of the six guys that were, you know, around the lead that, that he was contending with hit the ball in the water. And he let all of them make those mistakes. And he played his game all the way through and won the Masters in a manner that that permitted him to make bogey on on uh, the 18th hole and still win. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the amazing thing about. And I would say obviously Woods was was a, has been a massive beneficiary of that as well. Just the head game part of it that he's going to be completely normal and everybody else is just freaking the hell out. And you know, Kepka said after the U.S. Open, he was thrilled with how he played. Yeah, he thought he played great. Yeah, he didn't. I got frustrated on his back nine when he started missing fairways. But that's just because, you know, I was rooting for the possibility of a playoff, you know. I, I And he, he started off so hot. I wanted him to remain hot. I wanted the pressure to, to, to genuinely uh, uh, be visited upon Gary Woodland because Gary was playing such beautiful golf over both the Saturday and Sunday rounds. He really distinguished himself. But I wanted there, I wanted pressure to come into the mix. I mean, it, what, what Woodland did on 17, where he hit to the, you know, to the wrong side of the green, the right side of the green, and, and put himself in a position where he could not putt. He had to chip. I would have loved it if he and Kepka were tied at that moment. If, if he'd looked at the leaderboard on the 17T and saw that he and Kepka had the exact same score, that would have been fun. Yeah, I mean it would have it would have been amazing, and I, I there are a lot of what ifs with that tournament. Yeah, but for sure. I think what's going to be amazing to see is I do think there's going to be pretty consistent contention with Kepka going forward, as we said. And my curiosity is whether or not Kepka has the ability because he he seems to make less mistakes. Whether he starts psyching guys out a little bit, almost like the Tiger effect twenty years ago. Sure, that makes uh, uh, a lot of sense. Okay, so we we got the young guns and we got Kepka. For this season, anything else? Obviously, Tiger winning the Masters is its own narrative and its own thing. What what else has caught your eye? I kind of like these new courses. Yeah, I kind of like I. So I go on a training camp tour every year around the country. And you, a football training a football camp training camp, training camp that the NFL. You, that's camp. right. Midwest during July, during August, it's a pretty nice place, my man. Like that's the thing about. What a good example is I have never been to Cleveland any other time except late July and early August. I think Cleveland's an amazing place. Ah. So you have the Twin Cities. You have what the the Detroit the Rocket Michigan Rocket uh, Mortgage was in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. I mean I kind of like this little Midwest swing. You have Illinois. Um, obviously, they've always had you know Midwestern golf tournaments, but I kind of like this little mini swing here with Michigan and Minnesota. It is nice to see just like the injection of some places. You know, our mind's eye is accustomed so much to seeing the traditional venues, even for for I'm going to call them second tier tournaments, just to distinguish them from majors and WGC events. I mean, no harm, you second tier tournaments. Um, but it is fun to just sort of see what other venues are all about. It, we, we've seen. You you know, incredible birdie fests. You know? yep. um, the guys go out and crush these courses. That's how good they are. And so, you know, it, it is a reminder of, you know, what these guys are, are capable of when, you know, 
going into a, a it does take them very little time to acclimate. Um, and if the course is not, you know, built to be 7,800 yards with uh, rough up to their knees, you know, two feet off the fairway, uh, you know, one foot off the fairway, they're just going to go out and, and ha- put the hammer down and score all the way through. Yeah, and that's one of the things, and this gets to, I mean, you have the the young big boppers who are coming up. Someone like Cameron Champ, who I think is leading the PGA in driving distance. Driving distance. Despite his youth. Despite his youth. I love this new era we're going to where almost everything can be a birdie fest and there's distance off the tee. The thing that I I hate, I'm going to probably get a little bit of hate, hate for this. Who cares if they hit the ball really far? Who cares if the equipment is good? I don't want this whole, every time there's a major... And everybody's like two over. And there's all these, these bunch of stories are like, hey, they're just like us. They're hacking. Wh- why do we like that? Like if Patrick Mahomes plays like shit, everybody is not like, thank God, he looks just like me out there. <laughs> why would you do? Why would you want to see that? These guys are so much better than us. Yes. And I like seeing that. I like the spectacle of it all. Let them hit it out of the park. Well, you, the, the PGA of America shares your view on that. That's why the PGA Championship, you know, now, the, interestingly, I believe it is the case that Beth Page has thus far played the most difficult of any of the major venues. Yep. Uh, and it's not supposed to be that way. That's not the char- character and tradition of the PGA Championship. The PGA Championship is to showcase the, 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 the talents, but Beth Page was a bad mother effer because of the combination of when they played it um, in the season and some wind came up on Sunday. And really, we saw guys in the high 70s and 80s all day long at Bethpage. But uh, your, your, your point is well taken. Let, let's pivot. We have uh, the John Deere Classic. We're, we're all going to just root for the... For the young guns, I don't, um, you know, have a, a a view one way or the other as among these these young guns. I'm I've been riding Hovland. I'm going to ride Hovland again. That would be my selection if I was forced to make one. Why not? Why not? Why, why aren't we still hungry like the wolf? Just let's, run it back. Okay, just run it back. <laughs> just there it is. That's, let's do the wolf pack. Why, that's, okay. The wolf pack. The wolf that's pack fine. rides that's again. Fine. The but, wolf pack rides again. <laughs> but Kev, let's let's do our epic flash pick of the week. We're two weeks out from yeah. the commencement of the Open Championship. I I, uh, I feel very fortunate to have caught you at this this moment in your busy football schedule. I don't know if you're going to be able to share with us your epic flash pick of the week. So uh, epic flash uh, created by Callaway with artificial intelligence and machine learning. The flash face technology on the face of these drivers that has the ball going longer and straighter, the most wins on on the tours, the professional tours worldwide. Let me hear who you have in mind for your epic flash pick of the week for the Open Championship. The Open Championship. Okay, so it's tough because the last time Royal Portrush had the U.S. Open was 1951. <laughs> oh, so you're saying we don't have a track? Max we- Max Faulkner won. Max Faulkner died in 2005. He's not around He's, to, to he help us with this He will not be entering. One. Yeah. He also just never played any other major but the Open Championship, which oh, was more wow. common, obviously, back then. That's right. Um, but so we don't we don't have a lot to go on. I just completely flood the Euros. That's, yes. That's that's how I play. Sure. Links golf. Yes. When I'm betting. Oh, boy. I'm going to go. I'm sorry. This is so obvious. I'm going to go 25 to 1 Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah, you know, he's an F boy. And we've been looking for four rounds out of Tommy all 
season long. Now, he has some success on Link's courses. The two things that are attributes that I'm thinking about right now, and I'll, we'll have the opportunity to fine-tune this in our preview podcasts around the Open Championship, the week of the Open Championship. Justin Ray will come on. We'll have some other. We'll do some data and analytics. We have a surprise guest coming on uh, next week who's got a, an interesting take, I, I'm sure, on on some of these things. Um but we're going to like do our fine-tuning of the attributes uh, for success at courses like Royal Portrush because we don't know what how, how Royal Portrush is, is going to play in this major championship uh, kind of condition. Um, but the two things about the Open Championship uh, that are sort of bright guideposts, guys with success on Lynx courses and 30-somethings. Yep. The average age tends to be guys in their 30s for uh, uh, Open Championships, um, uh, notwithstanding Jordan Spieth uh, a couple of years ago. But Frankie Molinari fit this to a T um, in terms of the age uh, thing and a guy that that had the reputation, ball striking-wise, of hitting balls you know, down the middle and then hitting the ball on the green in regulation. With with those attributes, I'm I'm going to pick uh, somebody that you know has been overdue. I feel like for a good performance, and I can't believe I'm saying this. He really, really, really let me down. That was three reallys. That was like three Tiger reallys. Really, really, really <laughs> let me down. He really let me down in the Masters, and I'm taking a hard look at Justin Rose oh. for the Open Championship. He putted so well at at uh, Pebble Beach. And that was the thing that had him in that tournament until Sunday when the putter turned against him. He was not able to keep up the strokes gain putting. He was so far out ahead of the field, strokes gain putting through the first three rounds. It was not, it was really not sustainable. And and it's so um different from his traditional skill set. He is a terrific ball striker. That has been the thing that distinguishes him. So at this point, early in early days. We're still sort of formulating. We're going to have uh, some information to share with everybody about what we think will really be the attributes that carry them along. But I'm, I'm, ha- I have an eye on Justin Rose. I feel like I'm going to talk myself into betting on Hatton, Lowry, and maybe I might I, Poulter. I don't know. I mean, I feel I, I, I Poulter is is another one of these guys. Every time I decide to not, especially with DFS, every yeah. time I decide uh, Poulter's done, then all of a sudden he's T four. Yeah, well, I mean, that's it's, it's it's a nightmare. I, I mean, that's where we end Poulter up. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah. So you you have to you have to bet them. Just bet, throw a top twenty on them. Throw a top twenty. Just, just to cover yourself. Throw a just top to twenty. I always I always flood the zone with European players when it comes here, and it never pays off. <laughs> it never. It's one of my dumbest strategies. Well, uh, we'll have an opportunity to compare notes on how dumb our strategies are. <laughs> Kevin Clark, welcome to Fairway Roll, and it was great to have I, you, buddy. I'm delighted to be a part of it. All right. Birdie buddies, as mentioned. Earlier, this episode of Fairway Rolling brought to you by our good friends at Destination Kohler in Kohler, Wisconsin, home of Whistling Straits and Black Wolf Run. Golf Digest has all four Pete Dye Design Kohler courses ranked in the top 100 of America's public courses. The Straits course at Whistling Straits will be home to the 2020 Ryder Cup is back here on U.S. soil. It's the first public course in a generation to host the Ryder Cup. The Straits features 
one of Pete Dye's most intimidating par three holes. It's number 17. It's called Pinched Nerve, and it's guarded by Sand Dunes and Borders Lake Michigan. So if the bunker doesn't swallow your tee shot, the Great Lakes certainly will. The best in the world are coming to take on the straights. You should too. Gather a group of 12 or more birdie buddies and the PGA professionals at Destination Kohler can help you arrange a tournament-style experience complete with Ryder Cup add-ons. Eagle enthusiasts, rounds for this summer are still available and 2020 rounds are open as well. Time to get rolling to DestinationKohler.com to book your golf package today. That's Destination K-O-H-L-E-R. Dot com. Golf Gang, today's show also brought to us by our friends at Snap Kitchen. Snap Kitchen makes healthy eating easy. They're delivering fresh, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals right to your door. So eating out or planning, shopping, prepping meals for the week, it's expensive and it's time-consuming. But with Snap, meals are already in about five minutes and they start at just per meal. It's healthy eating made easy so you can just do you. Snap's team of chefs and dietitians develop meals with well-sourced and high-quality ingredients, giving you a delicious, balanced meal with no cooking needed. Just heat and enjoy. It's fun food with serious standards. Snap's meals are made without gluten, artificial preservatives, artificial colors, or flavors, antibiotics, or hormones. The result is meals with incredible health benefits like reduced inflammation, clearer skin, better digestion, better sleep, improved mood, and increased energy. Energy. These are all crucial attributes if you want to go be successful on the golf course, my friends. Snap offers all types of plans for all types of dietary needs like keto, Whole30, paleo, vegetarian, vegan, high-protein or low-carb lifestyles. Snap Kitchen was kind enough to let me try out a handful of meals. I probably ate about six of these things. They had an outstanding chicken marsala that was just for for the kind of portion that they send extremely well made and extremely filling you can get yourself started at snapkitchen.com and use promo code fairway to save $20 a week on your first four weeks that's $80 off snapkitchen.com promo code fairway for $80 off And now on the tee, Megan Schuster. Schuster, what's happening? House, back after a long break. Good ha- to be back. It's Thrilled. A, it's it's terrific to have you back. Uh, the internet never sleeps, Schuster. No, it does not. A, a, as you know, a lot of things have transpired. We're going to begin with our favorite internet character. Um, his name is Phil Mickelson. He does sometimes play golf also. Occasionally. But, but really, the thing that, that will make 2019 the kind of success story for Phil that you and I can, can, can sink our teeth into, it's his performance on, on, on the internet. He's been truly unmatched 
all year so far. I, I don't know that anyone could really come from behind at this point and try to overtake him. Um, he's invented multiple video series, um, multiple calf workout videos and others. Um, and now he has developed a new series called Fireside with Phil. Yes. Um, in the first video, which dropped a few weeks ago, um, there was really no fireplace in view. Um, <laughs> there were just like a, like a candle or two lit well, near him. A candle is fire. Yeah. Well, I guess so. A candle so. can be fire. You can have a fire <laughs> chat with a candle, I feel like. Yeah, you can. Yeah. But I, I sort of wonder if he got some notes because in video number two, he had his mom on with as a guest and they were in front of a, an actual fireplace in addition to a few candles. Well, it, it does. It did heighten the authenticity. Yes. I will say the quality of the story in the first one was such that I didn't care about, you know, the the, yeah. the, the background. I, I got lost in, in his words and his eyes. Mm-hmm. So I, I <laughs> The twist on that one was like truly something to behold. And also he is a, quite a good storyteller. Um, We've was, been remarking on this all season. Yeah, he held our suspense throughout the entire video. Didn't, uh, I don't know if you saw that twist coming at the end, but I certainly did not. Um, <laughs> and I'm excited for him to have more guests on. Yeah, I I uh I don't want to uh botch the 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 clinching line, but what what was it? It was like, "Sir, there is a poop in the cup." I think that's <laughs> is that the way he put it or did he say dump? It was like, there was it was something like that. It made yes. it clear that overnight at this venue where there was a PGA Tour event being competed, somebody had uh, relieved themselves <laughs> in the cup and left it there. And so the players wanting to come compete, this was the, uh, the unique circumstances of it were what, what the, the uh, course had to be played in the same condition as when they left because they yes. had a weather interruption. Yes. So, and so, so Phil was trying to stop them from recutting a new hole for the cup so that, you know, there was no issue, no penalties, no, you know, anything like that. Um, and it turns out that that cup was, um, unplayable. It was an unplayable lie. That's exactly <laughs> right. And I think, uh, uh, you know, Phil's decision to let him go, go ahead and proceed. What, what did he say? Proceed as you will. It was very yeah, good. Yes, yeah. Yes. It, it was, it was top just, notch. Just go ahead and continue doing what right, you're doing. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's the ultimate message. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. But he's rocking a great wardrobe in these videos. Uh, pretty consistent across the board. He's got his uniform all all decked out, his black hat, a black, nice black blazer with uh, some pins and some, uh, looks like some embroidery on there. It's quite nice. In the second installment, he gave us uh, a little bit of a personal touch. He gave us a story with his mom. He had his mom join him. Mm-hmm. And they told a tale of, of of him and his youth and the kind of uh, uh, golf rascal <laughs> that he was. He, he, he managed to sneak out of the house, get himself to the golf course. And was gone so long that he was in danger of missing the meal mm. uh, on Thanksgiving. And his family went out after him. And having pulled him off the course in unceremoniously and at the end of a dead silent car ride, he gave a clinching line that basically relieved him of getting in trouble. What was that house? He, he, he told his mom, look, every minute that I am not practicing and improving is delaying me from being great. Wow. And his mom acknowledged that that was so well conceived and constructed 
and so unimpeachable mm-hmm. of, of an observation <laughs> that they didn't even punish. They went into the house and he ate. That wow. was it. Wow. The Amazing. great Phil Mickelson. Yeah, truly, truly a, a great orator from his youth, I guess. <laughs> a very learned plant practice for Phil. So Amazing. We're, we're, we had to cover that just because we're catching up. Mm-hmm. But this this weekend, we had an all-time terrific uh, experience on the broadcast that turned into an even more brilliant uh, internet reaction with the 3M event that was just competed in Minnesota, featuring none other than the inimitable Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> truly, truly an epic moment. Um, so just to set the scene, Bryson was holding the clubhouse lead at last weekend's tournament. Um, as Matthew Wolf came up 18 in the final pairing, um, Wolf was down one with a 26-foot eagle putt coming up. So Bryson started warming up again. He figured, you know, Wolf will probably birdie. They'll go to a playoff. Um, and then, of course, in completely epic fashion, Matthew Wolf sunk his the eagle putt of his life uh secured the win and the camera of course panned over to poor Bryson DeChambeau live and the initial shot of his face where his mouth gaped open like a fish was quickly made into a meme on the internet with captions like quote I'd like to speak to the manager um Bryson trying to calculate how he just lost um it was it was really wonderful yeah I mean it is a rare it's not rare that there, there are cameras on the leader in the clubhouse to mm-hmm. catch that reaction to whatever befalls the group behind him mm-hmm. because he's, he's you know, uh, preparing himself for a playoff. He planned on a playoff. He assumed a playoff, clearly. What was unique was how the, the lack of composure yeah. that Bryce, he was so... <laughs> Shocked mm-hmm. that 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 Wolf made eagle. Now uh, the 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 competitor Morikawa was also on the green with a chance at eagle and could have tied uh, Wolf. So I it it it, it was kind of surprising to me that Bryson, you know, doing the math on this, right, right, wouldn't have been like at least countenanced the possibility mm-hmm. that one of those two guys was going to make eagle and snatch the tournament, and as a result, be processing. Like, okay, I know there's a camera on me. Mm-hmm. Let me go ahead and, and do my composed thing. Like, let me be gracious. Let right. me smile and right. say, oh, darn it. You know, <laughs> want to give off a golly shucks kind of reaction. Mm-hmm. Homie was not prepared for the for the moment. No. He, he was stunned by it. My counterpoint is that maybe his mathematical projections were so sure that this eagle boat was not coming in that that is why he was uh, quite stunned. But I will say um, it was very nice to add another addition to the relatable golfers uh, thing that we've gotten this year from Zach Johnson's practice swing at the Masters going haywire to any number of John Rahm bad shot reaction shots. Yes. Um, It's nice to add another uh, photo to that to that list. To the collection. Yes. Um, well, this week, Shusti, we're going to do This Week in Tiger Woods mm-hmm. because we have this terrific recent entrant into the uh, the the internet content world from, from himself, uh, Eldrick himself. We do. We do. Uh, in an Instagram story video for Nike on Monday, Tiger revealed that 
He has chosen to stay in the U.S. ahead of the British Open rather than heading over to Europe early like many of his fellow pros. So since he's doing that, he is trying to adjust his body to the time difference by apparently waking up at 1 a.m. Eastern time, which is 6 a.m. in Portrush. Um, so he sent out like a series of Instagram videos to explain sort of why he's doing this. Um, there's a lot to break down in this video from his first, um, shouting of wake up to the extremely dad advice he gives at the end about how you can only achieve your dreams and your goals if you wake up early and do that. Um, but I first wanted to talk to you about this whole strategy, um, in its entirety. So not to question him too much, but I'm wondering if this is really the most effective way to go about doing this. Um, like how early is he going to bed to actually get enough sleep to make waking up at 1am a possibility? Like he has kids, right? So there's no way he's going to bed before 9 p.m., which would be four hours of sleep, right? Right. It's an awesome point. I would, because I'm always inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt, mm -hmm. I'm going to posit that they've consulted with some some sleep specialists. Okay. Some folks who who deal with human biorhythms, mm. who know how to, <laughs> you know, uh, pre prescribe an approach that uh, is most likely to produce success, I, I would say, uh, and maybe the answer is indeed his kids, it feels like one way to kind of conquer this is just to go over. Right. Just to go over right. a, little, a little few days early. <laughs> right. And catch the, you know, the setting of the sun and the rising of the sun mm -hmm. as it happens and let your body clock get a, get acclimated to the way that the that the sun behaves right. in in northern ireland or or really anywhere in 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 ireland or or scotland or or, right. or england that right. they're all basically on the same uh <laughs> time mechanism i mean if he does if he could bring the kids over they mm -hmm. could be in london they're not they in are school playing, right now they are playing wimbledon right now like right. there's some things he could do to keep himself uh entertained and, you know, I'm sure he has a practice regimen mm -hmm. going right now. The thing about this that struck me in, in you know, just taking a look at it right away is homie is puffy. Yes. Like, you know, the inflammation of the day that 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 occurs to all of us. Mm -hmm. it's not, this isn't a unique no, thing, thing to No, I'm him. puffy right now, house. Shusty, <laughs> <laughs> we're, 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 we're lucky enough to be in each other's company. Um, I'll take you at your word for it. I'm not, I, I'm not buying it. But, you know, that there is, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of this, this natural inflammation thing that occurs. You would think him knowing that he's going to get up and do a video, he, there's a cold compress. Like, there mm -hmm. are a lot of ways to address, you know, natural effects of having sleep interrupted right and what that does to, to your look but we've had this all season with him mm -hmm. he he is not giving any f's about you know sort of how he's appearing and stuff because he walked in for that uh, congratulatory cake thing right with such a pronounced limp mm -hmm. he didn't have to walk with a limp and it's set all of us uh on the internet you know uh a skew and a scance trying to get to the bottom of what the hell's going on. Why is he walking with a limp? Is he hurt? Uh, so wh what do I know? Yeah. Another aesthetic piece about the video I wanted to ask you about was if you've ever seen someone's eyes open that wide in normal conversation. Um, my theory is that he's either had way too much coffee or he's insanely tired and is trying to prop his lids open so far that it, he doesn't look tired. But uh, there's a lot uh, to take away from that. And I am not so sure that this whole adjustment thing is going swimmingly. 
Well, I, I don't mind like it being a work in progress adjustment thing. We just didn't need to put it on Instagram. Right, right. And, and you can't say like, this is the secret recipe. I'm giving you some secret sauce to success and then look shitty. Right. I mean, that's kind of like, <laughs> that's, that's that. If I have a takeaway mm-hmm. now, and then believe me, I, I'm never one to indulge in any tiger slander, mm-hmm. but uh, it feels like this. lacking a little bit in execution. Just a smidge. I I would like to think that the good folks at Nike would uh, position him a little bit better for success in a video like this. But um, I guess when it's Tiger Woods, he probably just gets the final say. Well, Shusty, speaking of positioning for success, I have to tell you about the Stroke Lab putters by Odyssey. Mm. Shusty Odyssey's Stroke Lab shafts continue to be an incredibly popular choice on the tours around the world, including for world top 10 players like Xander Schauffele and Francisco Molinari, both two homies getting ready for the Open Championship Mm -hmm. at Royal Portrush. The multi-material shaft saves weight and they redistribute it to the grip and club head of the putter. And these putters are created to help improve the consistency of a player's stroke, including the backswing length, the face angle and impact, and the head speed. Odyssey continues to be the number one putter across the major worldwide tours and number one in putter wins in 2019 by far. It's not even close. On the LPGA Tour just this past weekend, Schusty, there were 60 Odyssey putters in play, and no other brand had more than 24. That is getting the job done. Certainly is. Wow. All right, my par-saving pals, that does it for this week's installation of Fairway Rolling. Next week, we are looking at the final major of the season, which means we are going to have major league analysis and prognostication, including an extraordinary special guest that you are not going to believe until you hear his voice on these fairway rolling airwaves. We're going to do a Monday preview to set the stage with this special guest. Then we're going to have a Wednesday show as has been our way doing a little bit of a deeper dive, some analytics, some gambling priorities, some allocation of capital, maybe your fantasy lineups to get ready for the early morning, Thursday morning tee off here d- domestically in the U.S. This is one of the glorious things about the Open Championship. We love waking up to championship golf. Justin Ray will be on, and, and I'm, I'm sure I can talk Harry Gagnon in, uh, from the Degenerate Trifecta to come join us as well. Until then, my par saving pals, let's hit them straight out there. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.